This week, the Russian government said the economy is headed for recession next year amid plunging oil prices and capital outflows. Former White House Press Secretary Jay Carney called it back in March, saying at the time that there would be an impact on Russia from Western sanctions. And Jay, who is now a senior political commentator for CNN, joins us now live from Washington, uh, from CNN in Washington. Good morning to you. Good morning, Allison. So you did call it in March after these sanctions were placed upon Russia. You actually said you wouldn't recommend investing in Russian equities unless you're going short. But then it was called a bad call because uh, the market shot higher. Now you're being called brilliant uh, <laughs> because of oil prices dropping and sanctions, sanctions actually impacting Russia. Tell me, what did you know then that others didn't? Well, what I was trying to convey then, Allison, was simply that uh, while progress would be slow and the impact would be uh, slow, that the the sanctions represented a broader isolation of Russia and its economy because of the uh, heinous acts of the Putin government against Ukraine. Uh, it's not just the United States, it's countries across Europe and across the world who have worked together to isolate Russia. And the broader impact on its economy is being felt. Now, the drop in oil prices is compounding that uh, exponentially. Welcome to Unfilter, episode 125 of Jupiter Broadcasting's weekly show that's distracting you from all of that TV you shouldn't be watching. My name is Chris, and joining me every single week is the always excellent Mr. Chase. Uh, Chris, wait a minute. Wait, what's that he- I hear? That, that A little guitar sound. That sounds that like Janky's back there. Did, 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 you, did you hide him in the bathroom and you finally brought him out? I had to give him some time off for the new album. Uh, fair enough. Yeah, Alphanumeric's out now. You gotta go get it. Wow. I know. Yeah, you know what it feels like? It feels like we had a shower. And <laughs> I I, as I, I hit know, the microphone. I already don't know where this is going. This is already getting bad. <laughs> it feels like I, I Together had... or separate? What was that? What, I, what would you I, prefer? Well, <laughs> all right, now I can go for it. I mean, let's go take it together, shower, okay, and we'll come right, back. I mean, right. we could do a little, like, a little pre-show in there. You know, I do my best thinking in the shower, Chase. So, I mean, just thinking, if we were in I there together. I thought you did your best thinking... And doing other things. No, nope, it's oh, the shower. Okay, nope, fair enough. It's the right. shower. Now, uh, are you alone in the shower? <laughs> well, when possible, yeah. Otherwise, I don't do any thinking. Hello. Hey, Hi now. There. No, no. What I was, what I was getting to is, we haven't had Ronald <laughs> come out of the bathroom <laughs> and play some guitar yeah. sounds for us in yeah. a while. Yeah. And and I and I think you know people were missing that and yeah, we brought know, it back. We brought it back. We have it back and. You know, Chase. It's always it's always uh, it's always the thing about that intro is it kind of gives away a little bit what we're going to be talking about today. So uh, you might have yes. noticed, you might have filled up recently if you're in the states and noticed that that gas is lower in price than it has been in a very, very, very long uh, time. Well, actually, to be fair, Chris, I, I, I um, you have diesel. I, I put how diesel. is that? How is that gone for you? By the way, are you enjoying low prices, or is it is the diesel? Well, for me, I don't get the experience yet. The <laughs> under three dollar level. I think for the first time, and I cannot remember how long. I think maybe since I've owned my vehicle, mm-hmm. I filled up for under sixty dollars. See, I you know I, I gauged the fifty dollar mark, and I'm under fifty dollars to fill up my mm-hmm, vehicle, mm-hmm. but I get a lot more out of it, of mm-hmm, course. But mm-hmm. But no, it's actually it's funny you mention it because just earlier today I was doing research of why is diesel so much more than yeah. gas. Yeah. One of the reasons being 
federal taxes on diesel is actually higher. Oh, go figure. I know. Go figure. It's the feds, I tell Well, you. so while we're celebrating lower gas prices, uh, for some out in the world economy, it's actually um, not such a great thing, not something to celebrate. In fact, we're going to play a clip in a little bit that tells you uh, what the different governments around the world expect the price of oil to be when they set their yearly budgets. Ah. And uh, so that's going to be where we'll go today. But first, Chase... We have a little business to take care of. You know, the Unfiltered Show, it caters to a technical audience. Our audience out there is technically inclined. They sniff something, and they say, that either smells legitimate or illegitimate when it comes to technology. So let's start with our first story this week, Mr. Chase. Okay. And that is this ridiculous hack that I've been covering all week on Tech Talk Today of Sony Pictures. Tonight, the FBI is on the case, and they are warning big companies in America to protect their data after a big Hollywood studio got hit by hackers and several blockbuster movies ended up online. Now, have you heard about this? Yes. So uh, and are you aware that the uh, association of the blockbuster movies being leaked online came from Variety magazine, and it's not really even been confirmed by Sony Pictures that the uh, hack attack well, saw, had anything to do with the movie leaks? Yeah, I saw a lot of the comments, you know, like even popping up on like YouTube videos for this movie, like, I heard it's leaked, I heard it's yeah, out yeah, there, yeah. and be like, do you have the link, do you have the torrent? <laughs> I mean, people oh, were... It's smuggled clarity content. Jeez. <laughs> oh, Gosh, that's so, like a malware and paradise. And so we've gone from something that Sony Pictures themselves has not even confirmed to, boom, cyber terrorism has leaked movies, hurting the Hollywood industry. Most of them before they've even hit theaters. <laughs> Millions have already watched them online. Now the feds are focusing in on an unlikely suspect. We get our report tonight from NBC's Jacob Rascone in Los Angeles. Now, Chase, I don't know how closely I've been following this story every single day. Do you know who the top suspect is? Do you know? I do. Okay. I won't reveal it. Hello, North Korea! The movie The Interview was supposed to make people laugh. It's about a TV host and his producer landing an interview with Kim Jong-un and then being recruited by the CIA to take him out. Take him out? Like for drinks? Dinner. Take him out. You want us to kill the leader of North Korea? Yes. What? North Korea, however, called the movie an act of war and promised a oh. merciless countermeasure after the trailer's release in June. Well, there's our evidence right there. Well, you're done. Now someone has hacked into Sony Pictures. The someone? The studio that produced the movie. Oh? Sony is actively investigating a North Korean link to this hacking attack that was carried out last Monday. As technology news site Recode, which partners with NBC, first reported hackers attacked in waves, first crippling Sony's internal system, attacked in waves, then leaking five Sony movies online. All right, so let's stop right here. I mean, you're a former network administrator. Mm -hmm. You have a show, I think, that mm -hmm. snaps, snap. snaps things around. System Network Administration podcast. Right. So, so is this kind of situation plausible? Well, so let's think about this, Chase. When uh, Let's just say you were going to download something of 25 gigabytes. Okay. That would probably take a few hours, it minimum. Would, well, on my connection or yours? <laughs> Gosh, I know. <laughs> oh. oh, Comcast. Oh. Oh. But I tell you, uh, I'm having, I, and unless the, there, I, I can, I'm having a hard time believing that from North Korea, they downloaded terabytes worth of movies. And then publish them online. Now, if you said the attack came from inside Sony Pictures and somebody sneaker net like, those, yeah, link, leaked it out, All right. put it on a hard drive, yeah. and then went home and uploaded it, yeah. that I could buy. But when you're trying to tell me that North Korea connected over the magic of the internet through all of Sony's corporate 
uh, you know, firewalls, monitoring spots, all of that. Sounds way too far-fetched for you. I just, I'm not buying it. I'm not. I, I'm sorry to be such a curmudgeon about this, but it just let me, doesn't let me, sound realistic. Let me play devil's advocate. Okay, lay for, it on me, Chase. For, for a minute. Look, you know, for the longest time, you know, we, we've we've seen secret documentaries that have happened from within North Korea. Vice did an incredible run of Inside I'm North Korea. I'm skeptical of the Vice one, too. Okay, though. all right. All right well, but fair, okay, yeah, but fair right, enough. Right. I'm just trying to throw, yeah, lay yeah, out no, some I, devil advocate I'm stuff I'm following here. you. Okay. I see what you're putting down. So what if, what if... They want us to think that they don't have the capability. But what if underneath that Windows Media Player, underneath that VLC. <laughs> you remember it was Windows Media <laughs> yeah. Player. Underneath yeah. that Windows Media Player, they're secretly actually really, really smart and they're doing some evil stuff like, for example, hacking Sony. Yeah, you know, uh, here's another. Let me. Okay, now let me give you another. What if? Okay. All right. So we're just right. we're just having some fun. Yeah, we're just wrapping. With some good old what ifs. As you they know. say in Hollywood, we're wrapping it. Maybe there's a little bacon. A being little fried. bacon from Petaluma, California. All right. So if I'm Sony, and I'm just talking Sony at the high level, not Sony Pictures, no, not not Sony TV. You're talking I, about Sony Corporate. And I got like this technology arm where I make computers, and I've been hacked before, very egregiously, very publicly. Right. Yeah. Wouldn't I? Change the narrative from an insider hack Sony to we were attacked by a nation state who had a grievance against our movie because let's take a little playbook here from the No Agenda show. There's a movie coming out about North Korea. It's just so freaking promotionally perfect with a movie that's about to come out, right? And it, it it totally covers up any malpractice on their system administrator side where they didn't properly secure the network. It totally makes up for the fact that once again, here we are with Sony being hacked. And instead, the poor victim Sony Pictures was attacked by a powerful nation state with a major grievance. You, do, you, do you want a double conspiracy theory? I mean, cause, totally. Because what if, you know, you know, U.S. knows that, hey, you know, we don't really like North Korea right now. They're doing bad stuff. We we, we want to know exactly what's happening with Kim Jong-un and all that fun jazz. So what if, what if uh, maybe an envoy or somebody from, from the State Department perhaps called up Sony and go, hey, look, we know it's probably an inside job, but we need you to go ahead and push this narrative out maybe. for us? Maybe. I don't know how it would work, to be honest. I can't... That's the part... Because the Sony wins, because people are going to go watch the movie now more than ever. Mm-hmm. It doesn't make them look as bad. Like, they once again nope. uh, get hacked because of malpractice. Nope. The the only the only angle that I'm worried about here is, you know, the good old uh, MPAA, RIAA, we need to... Well, this is what's so, so beautiful about it. So okay. beautiful is you can say, look... Our movies didn't so – Annie didn't do so great in the theaters or whatever. You know, I don't know their movies. Movie XYZ didn't do so good in the box office because it was already watched by all the pirates. And mm. also, now it shows you how damn important to the economy intellectual property is, right? Right, yeah. Joe Biden, winner of the Grammy. Uncle Joe. Joe Biden, winner, winner of the Grammy because he has defended intellectual property so well for the MPAA, can say, look at this. Look how Sony Pictures was affected because their movies were leaked they had thousands of less movie ticket sales. It's a tragedy. We have to protect intellectual property. We need things like SOPA. We have to make sure we're protected against nation aggressors. It, to me, it's such it, – it checks so many boxes that it just doesn't pass the sniff test. Four Fair of enough. which, like Annie, have not been released. Together, the pirated Sony movies have been downloaded more than two million times. This hack attack is hugely embarrassing. Hack attack! For Sony, because Sony is the only movie studio that's owned by a technology company. Sony Pictures acknowledges the hack, saying in part, we're working closely with law enforcement to address it. 
That includes the FBI, and according to a senior U.S. official, several additional law enforcement agencies are looking at a possible North Korea link. Depending on how many people download and see a movie like Annie, which is due out for release on December 19th. (laughs) (laughs) Good job, NBC. Just get that plug in there. Plug it in. Uh, December 19th. December 19th, Annie. December 19th. All theaters. theaters. Third mention of Annie, December 19th. (laughs) See how much that hurts Annie's ultimate box office. More than Sony bargained for with a comedy. Jacob Rascone, NBC News. I just, I just don't know, Chase. That to me, it, it, it doesn't see, it just doesn't seem practical. I, 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 something about it, I'm not buying. Yeah, yeah. I, I just, I, I hate hearing the same narrative. Like, oh well, you know, we're, the, we're investigating, we're going to try to do something about it. But at the same time, we've, we've been hearing about the hacking with China for what at least. It feels like years. I know it's probably just been a year right now. So, you know, we hear about that happening. And the, the whole thing that, that kind of bothers me with this whole narrative of this hacking thing is the fact that they're bringing up the same thing all over again when it comes to, oh, well, we're going to look into it. I mean, yeah. you know what I mean? Yeah. I just – nothing's going to happen. It's international. It's North it's, Korea. They're going to do their thing. Do you think it's about scaring the consumer a little bit? So here's what I, I so I hear this and I watch this. So uh, I, I a mean, little bit, sure. I, 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 mean, I almost yeah. want to maybe okay. All right, let's dial it down just a second. All right. All right. So I want to make sure I'm clear. I think Sony was hacked, right? I'm not saying Sony was. Yeah, I, I agree. Okay. Yeah, I think something happened. Yeah, and you, you're along the lines so of you think it's an inside job. Well, and the reason I think that is so you get in, you get sustained access for a while, and what do you go after? You go after employee records. I will say I will say this. Okay. If if it was North Korea, yeah. uh, I'm all I'm all down for it because then we're going to get a lot of great content out of it uh, because if nothing else we'll get to play clips like this. It's not nice to make fun of the dear leader, President Kim Jong Un. But is it possible North Korea hacked Sony Pictures because they made a movie called The Interview? Featuring Seth Rogen and James Franco. Oh, more plugs, more plugs. Out to assassinate Kim Jong-un. The CIA would love it if you could take him out. Like for drinks? Like to dinner? Take him out in the town? Take him out. You want us to kill the leader of North Korea? Isn't it interesting that all of the news clips are playing the trailers, they're mentioning the release dates, they're giving you the movie names? Hey, at least at least CNN has the audacity to go ahead and give attribution credit on the video. <laughs> the audacity. That's pretty much how North Korea first reacted back in June, complaining to the UN, calling it an act of war. Those who defamed our supreme leadership can never escape the stern punishment to be meted out. Hmm. In reply, Seth Rogen tweeted, People don't usually want to kill me for one of my movies until after they've paid 12 bucks for it. You forgot the hire! Kim Jong-un. Totally. Last week, Sony Pictures was hacked. The company's email crippled, this image appeared, and then at least five of Sony's films were stolen. Now! From Brad Pitt's movie Fury to films like the yet-to-be-released Annie. Her name is Annie. She'll what date? With Mr. Stack what date is it coming out? What date? They were uploaded to piracy sites where people can download them for free. Sony called it a criminal matter. It's a criminal matter. We are working closely with law enforcement. So I don't, I don't, I don't really know much about this. But is Chase. North Korea really the culprit? But here's what I know: uh, I don't believe North Korea is the one that leaked these video files because I saw these on file sharing networks before the hack ever happened. Oh, really? I'm just saying. Well, I, wait, I, wait a minute. 
you might have saw the files, the but was it legit? Screeners? I don't know. I didn't even bother. The only reason why, because I think that's an easy trap for a lot of noob piraters out there. They I didn't see bother. This, okay, I was going to say. I didn't they, download them. They, I don't they care. See the, well, they see the name and they think, oh, yeah. that's the... I know, yeah, but you know, man, here's but it, what's interesting is I didn't even know that Fury and Annie were movies until I saw them on pirate sharing places. I thought and Annie I already came out like on VHS it's, a long time ago. So here's a, here's your hard hitting uh, evidence that links us directly to North Korea. Honestly, we don't have a clue. Oh, oh, oh! oh. The tech website Recode quoted sources as saying the link to North Korea was being explored. It was a decade ago that Team America, I'm so great movie, lonely. mocked so the current leader's father, Kim Jong-il. Inside real well, he's not alone now. His son is riding shotgun. <laughs> nice tank. Genie Mo, <laughs> CNN. It was a gift to my grandfather from Stalin. In my country, it's pronounced Stallone. Jeez. Uh, are you gonna, uh, <laughs> so are we going to go see it and do an unfiltered special? Should we? I think Maybe we should. We should. I think right. we should. Uh, all right. So before we get off the whole cyber bogeyman topic, because it has been thick this week, uh, the FBI, uh, playing off of the Cyber Monday hype and the Sony Pictures hack, has sent out a private notice that just happened to go to millions of people. GMA on the lookout. An important alert for anyone who did some online shopping these last few days or plans to this holiday season. Now listen to the fear mongering that goes on around online shopping here. And this is this is really important. This is ABC News on Good Morning America. Listen to the raw dog fear mongering. The FBI now warning about cyber scams that in, can infect your computer and steal your personal data. ABC's Rebecca Jarvis is here with the story. Good morning, Rebecca. And Lara, good morning to you. And these are three new scams going viral. This Scam week. alert. Scams going viral. You don't know what that means. You do not know what going viral means if you just said that. Right. Scams going viral. These are three new going. Oh. Rebecca. And Lara, good morning to you. And these are three new scams going viral this morning. The crooks, they're getting more and more sophisticated. Oh. And they are By the one way. step ahead of law. Stock footage. Yeah. Uh, you can definitely see old iPhone 4s. I mean, this, yeah. this is, you know. Hey, yeah. 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 Law enforcement. So here are the signs you can use to protect yourself. Okay. And notice also, uh, really old Android device. Whoa, there. look super at that. St- this is super old stock footage they're using in this stupid big LCD screen they have. By the way, yeah. Yeah, I was gonna say. By the way, yeah, we're really nerds. Yeah, yeah, and yeah, geeks. That's true. That's true. Yeah, that's right. That's yeah. Let's let's uh, let's uh, verify that. Move on. This morning, a warning from the FBI. Crooks are plotting to take advantage of you with these three new scams. Can I, can, can I ask a question? Yeah, real yeah quick? buddy. Yeah. Why is it? And this is this is a softball. I'm, I'm going to give you okay. a softball. Okay. Ready? Right. Here. My driver just crashed. That's probably good. Oh, really? No, I mean, it, I mean, it had. I mean, I'm just still recovering from that. Oh, okay. Yeah. I'm going to throw you a softball. Here. Okay. Ready? Why is it whenever the news does a text story? Yeah. They got to have the. They got to have the keyboard clicks. Well, they got to have the. Continue, my friend. Continue to yeah, soak please. this report in because I want to show you what a report looks like when the media does not have an agenda to push. That's okay. crime groups that are constantly looking to steal data and information from consumers. There's no better time for them than during the holiday season when they know consumers are online. First, fake deal alerts with too-good-to-be-true offers sent directly to your inbox. Click on those. Really? This is a cyber 
attack that is going viral is fake deal alerts. Wait, spam. This, this, wait, this spam. has happened for years. Spam. This it's, is nothing new here. She's talking about spam. Bogus links, and instead of getting the deal of the century, you're more likely to be giving your money, your identity, and control of your computer over to a crook who's uploading a virus onto your computer. <laughs> Take your mouse, hover over the link in the email. You'll either get a bubble or look at the status line, the bottom line of your email program. That will tell you where it's really going don't click the link just to find out second watch out for phony shipping notifications and order confirmations from what appear to be reputable retailers so more phishing emails so okay you get an idea of of what these really scary cyber threats are that the fbi is issuing warnings about now i want to go back in time and i want to show you what it looks like when the media covers keeping yourself safe online when they do not have an agenda to push, when, right. when Sony Pictures has not been compromised, when they have not been given a message from on high, whatever it is, I want to show you how the media handles the same exact situation. Stores are gearing up this morning for the official kickoff to the holiday shopping season. The National Retail Federation says more than 140 million of you of us rather will spend money at brick and mortar stores and online. But despite those big data breaches, she did mean you because Gail does not shop online. Now, this is before this is before the holiday. This is before the Sony Pictures yeah. hack announcement. Yeah. This is before uh, Black Friday, before before Cyber Monday. So we're being much more rational. Over the past year, less than 20% of shoppers say they will let the cyber attacks influence their plans. They're still shopping. Tim Stevens is editor-at-large for our partners at CNET and joins us once again at the table. Always good to see you, Tim. Thank you for having me. So the research shows that most of the data that was stolen came from in-line, in-store transactions. Right. And online seem to be okay. Does it mean that online is safer? There's certainly risks to both, but I certainly feel a little bit more in control of my destiny when I'm shopping online. I feel like I can take more measures to protect myself. When you walk into a store, you're kind of handing over the control to the retailer. And certainly retailers have a lot of great kind of measures in place, but I feel a little bit more in control online. So did you hear what he just said? He just said it's safer to shop online than it is to shop in, re- shop in retail. And actually, if you look at the data of all of the major car- credit card compromises recently, it has been compromises at the point of sales device that are running Windows XP embedded. And there's these malware that reads the RAM of these transaction machines, steals your credit card right out of the RAM of the computer, and then sends that off to a central control server. That's where the actual legitimate danger has been. Every time you have given somebody your credit card and they have swiped it through that reader, that that is where the risk has been. It has not been when you've been shopping online, and that is exactly what Tim Stevens just pointed out, because there was no agenda at play when they talked to him. Yep. Yep. Absolutely, that is right? how your media works, ladies and gentlemen. I, okay. for, I, for one, can't wait, by the way, for us to finally come into the 21st century and uh, get chips on our, yeah, you know, know. On our debit and credit cards I, and to be honest use them you, man, like the Canadians reason, do and many other parts of the chip world. Chip pin, pfft, I'm, I'm done with credit cards altogether. I'm just done with plastic cards. I'm done with all of it. Give me cash and give me electronic payments. Why don't you just put an RFID in no, your hand? And I, I want to pay with my phone. Yeah. I'll pay with my phone. And if I'm not paying with my phone, I want to pay with cash. That's it. That's what I want. I want cash or phone payment. But you know what sucks, man, is right now you know there's that fight with the payment systems and yeah, you know, everybody's got their own platforms. And, yeah, it'll work itself out. Yeah, though. I hope so. We got to talk Because I want to use my phone. There is a huge topic that's been developing over the last few weeks that we've touched on a little bit on Unfiltered. But it's it, this week is really the week I think we're going to deep dive into the ramifications of the crazy dropping prices of oil. It is so widespread across the world. What is it's, going to yeah, happen because a, of this? So let's start locally here in the United States, how it's affecting the U.S., and then we're going to broaden out from there. 
Gas prices at record lows, $2.74 a gallon, 53 cents lower than last year. And this evening, something else. Car sales now soaring. How much is your family saving? ABC's chief business correspondent, Rebecca Jarvis. Tonight, the gift that keeps on giving. Gas prices now down for 68 straight days. Eight states poised to see prices below $2. And tonight, we're already seeing the effects. November, the strongest month for car sales in more than a decade. All right. Americans back this- to... You hate it when they do this? I hate it when they do this, but, yeah. it all, but it also bothers me to the fact that there are Americans out there yeah. that go, Whoa! Gas is under $3 to $2 a gallon. I'm going to buy a new truck and get about 15 miles a gallon. People don't realize these things go in cycles. Do, no, do, do people really do this? Well, but why? Who doesn't recognize? Who is why? in a position to buy a $45,000 vehicle yeah. and isn't cognizant of the secular natures? Right. Right. Of, why, of why would that boost car sales? Uh, but here's the here they're going to they'll, 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 they'll tell us. I know. They'll and, tell and us. It happens every time, man. It ha- here's the number. Buying SUVs. Sales of the eight passenger Lincoln Navigator up 88%. The Chevy Tahoe up 10%. Even a renewed interest in buying the used Hummer H1, which gets about 9 miles to the gallon. The the poster child of uh, of uh, bad uh, gas economy. I mean, were they running trade-in promotions on those other vehicles? I mean, there's a lot of other factors in play other than gas price. Well, and you notice, like, the uh, Lincoln is up 88%, but the Tahoe's up 10%. Right. Maybe the Lincoln just did a refresh of the model line. Actually, there is a new refresh of the model line. Yeah, yeah. so, okay. Americans now saving nearly $250 million a day on cheaper gas. That's $1,100 a year for the typical family. That adds oh, up. That yeah. adds up. Yeah, absolutely. Savings that can go towards everything from food to travel to holiday gifts. And get the A lot of motorists out of I've talked to have said that the added income is going right under the Christmas tree. <laughs> <laughs> and actually, uh, I have a report in the overtime folder that uh, uh, they kept saying that. Uh, all of the news outlets kept saying to the lead up to Black Friday, because the gas price is going to be the best Black Friday ever. Uh, turns out, not the best Black Friday ever. Uh, not at all. Uh, in fact, well, I'll go in there. I'll jump in there right now and see if I can find it. Uh, but essentially, uh, Black Friday sales are down 11%. Uh, they say, but it's not because the economy's bad. It's just because Black Friday's losing its appeal. Well, Black Friday weekend, maybe losing its edge. New numbers. Oh, I'm sorry, losing its edge. Yeah. yeah. Numbers are out from the National Retail Federation, and the number of shoppers in stores and online dropped 5% from last year, while total expected spending fell even more to 11%. So uh, I have the full clip in the uh, in the overtime folder, but so even though the even with the lower gas prices, it didn't actually directly translate to uh, increased holiday spending yet. Well, I agree that you know those numbers shouldn't be hinged on a week. I mean, we're already seeing Cyber Weeks, Cyber Months, the whole period. I mean, the whole thing of camping out. I mean, unless it's a ridiculous yeah. discount that this, you can't get online yeah, for right. a TV that's cheaper that than dirt. That included online sales, though. Yeah. So. That 11% includes online sales. But, I mean, I, I think people are are a little shopped out when it comes to that kind of thing. And, Maybe. And, and now, you know, with the... the I think retailers yeah. have been more aggressive all year long, too. Oh, yeah. yeah. So Ultimately. So I think this, the... Uh, People have been spreading it out. Yeah. Hey, Chase, um, yes. before we get into the rest of the oil stuff, uh, yes. because it is 
a huge topic. Oil's and, thick, as they say. Yes, and I want to uh, point out that uh, we have a lot of copious documentation in the uh, show notes. Mm-hmm. So uh, if, we, if we say something that you want to read more about, please, please refer to our show notes. And Chase, I would also uh, refer to you. There is a couple of maps in there about the pipelines that we're about to talk I, about. I do, I do see them. Right yeah, now. and maybe when we're talking about those, you could pull those up on the stream because I think people need to get some visuals about some of the things we're going to talk about. If you're listening to the audio version, do not worry. Those pictures are embedded in the show notes. Go find Unfilter 125 and you'll see those. Before we move on, though. Yes. I want to mention that you can help support The Unfiltered Show by going to patreon.com slash unfiltered. Not only does your support keep us on the air, but it keeps us honest. It keeps us reporting to you, and you get access to all of the source code for this show. You get the supporter sync with the overtime folder that has such good stuff this week in it. Such good stuff. Honestly, stuff we can make an entirely second episode this week out of just the stuff in the overtime folder alone. That happens on a lot of weeks, actually. Yeah, That's yeah, a lot really of does. stuff. Yeah. Uh, and, and thanks to you, we're able to continue on with the Unfiltered Show. It doesn't necessarily match the rest of the Jupiter Broadcasting Network, but it's an important show. It's something that we've per- personally felt responsible that... Look, we have the means to get the word out there. We have the means to have this open dialogue with our audience. We have the technology, as they say. Why not be responsible to that same audience, the same audience that's consuming that? And that's why we set up a crowdfunded show. So go to patreon.com slash unfiltered. Yeah, you know, I was talking to Chris about about this show. You know, we're at 125 episodes, you know, and how I found and discovered Chris and you know, Patreon wasn't around then when when this show was no, formed. No, but it's one of those things where we knew we needed to create a show uh, around a model that, um, unfortunately, sponsors it, it just doesn't work. And you know, we've gone at nauseum why uh, a, for a show of this nature, a sponsor, a traditional sponsor that you might hear on a different podcast, wouldn't work. Yeah. Um, you know, but the, you know, I think we don't even like we've gone through the explanations of because we wouldn't we wouldn't want to put a sponsor in that position. Yeah. Uh, we wouldn't ever want to have to have uh, our priority be different than uh, fulfilling the uh, hopefully uh, the best wishes of those 346 patrons. Yeah. But I think as this show has recently been going through some transitions. It's we're able to continue on on a weekly basis while we sit back and reflect on what we think makes the best show possible. And we're able to have a little bit of extra wiggle room because we're sponsored by the audience, because we know as long as we're showing up and we're best serving that audience, it doesn't matter if we're going through a transition. It doesn't matter if we're making changes. 346 of you. Now, I know there's probably loads of you that are watching us online right now or listening us to to us live and you're not a supporter and and that's you know that's totally cool too i understand you know times are tight right now i know there's a lot of families out there that just can't afford to put a dollar in or five dollars whatever whatever you feel is appropriate so if you can't you know when you see us tweet about the show or you see a post about it you know share it yeah. uh, share the word and, and it's you know, one of those things that are really really powerful we you and i were talking about offline was uh it might be a great opportunity for those of you who want to help out by registering a really great domain. Maybe something we say on the show, maybe like something that it would fit the show that you think of, like unfiltershow.com, and forward it to the Unfilter Show page. Yeah. Um, I don't know how much we want to go into this, but the Unfilter Show needs to get its SEO game up, right? We cover a lot of really interesting things, and when you search for those things, the Unfilter Show doesn't come up. Uh, on top of that, there has been other shows using our name that have launched recently, and it's not and it's not just recent. Um, you know, there's other shows too. There's other shows. You know, we, yeah. we uh, you know yesterday we did some searching and stuff, and we we noticed that 
you know, discoverability is such an important thing, especially when you're yeah. a smaller show. And and the thing is, is when 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 other podcasts get created with our name or other pages get created, uh, especially ones that integrate with Google Plus and YouTube, they will get first placement in the search results, even if they only have one or two episodes under their belt. And so uh, we were thinking, you know, because we are a crowd-produced, crowd-funded show, maybe the crowd could help us optimize the SEO. So when we talk about things, link to us. Uh, if you want to register a domain and forward it to us. Uh, when we, like t- Chase, when we tweet or G plus a post, share it. Help unfilter, build that network of references. So that way more people that are looking for the honest reality of what's going on in, in their weekly situations, they can find this show and get a little clarity. Because right now, we're getting buried. Yeah, it's it's a weird thing right now where I, I think, you know, with our current audience and all you guys that, you know, listen and, and check out our show, we've kind of we- reached this, I don't know if you would call it a plateau in a way, where we need to get out there yeah. and, and tell people that have no idea that the show exists or that there's an alternative. I mean, there are there are shows like ours that talk about politics and, and talk about news and talk about events and things that are happening in our world. Um, and what we try to pride ourselves on in doing this show is not just the the research, not just the reading, not just the things, but also having a clean production value, you know, making sure that when you're listening in your car or you're at your computer, it's a positive experience all the way around. And that's why Chris puts together extensive notes uh, to everything that we cover on this show and more if you become a patron. We, give you, we, way, give, way we give you bonus stuff. So it's one of those things where um, – just to get out there and tell people about what we're trying to yeah. do. This is nothing about supporting the patron. This is just about supporting yeah. us as a show yeah. to spread just the t- word, build the tell, links, tell people out yep. there. Because yep. obviously, you know, we, we've talked about dreams and aspirations about, hey, you know, we'd love to take the show to UK and and, and mm-hmm. chat with people over there and and talk about other issues in Australia and other things like that. So to be able to do that and have you guys help us. Is tremendous, and uh, as we uh, sort of spin down 2014, uh, Chase and I just about every day are sending messages back and forth about new ideas for what we, what kind of value and perks we can bring to those of you who do support us over at Patreon.com/slash/unfilter. Uh, we want to do something unique. We want to do something that you'll actually get value out of, and so it's something that. Uh, we don't necessarily expose what we've been talking about until we kind of get a good idea of what we really, really like, and then we want to share it with you guys because we're yeah. really excited about it. We're we're using these last few weeks of 2014 to kind of come up with some great ideas, and I think I think we are starting to kind of sort of come around some ideas that we both really like a lot. Yeah. And so you'll hear more about that soon. But now would be a great time to to go over to Patreon.com/slash/unfilter and support this show. Yep. And what we're about to talk about, the stuff we're about to cover in this show. Uh, you're going to see a lot of clips that aren't from U.S. media, and that's because nobody in the U.S. and mainstream media is talking about the stuff. Some One of the biggest things that has happened in the last few years just took place a couple of days ago, and you probably never even heard about it. And when you think about all of the conflicts the United States gets into about oil, about the countries we go invade when they're going to switch to the gold standard to buy oil, or when they're... When, when oil production's in jeopardy, how far we have gone as a nation for oil, and the fact that what, what we're about to cover has not been talked about anyone in Western media is striking. But because we only have to report to 346 people, that is so phenomenally powerful. We only have to report to 346 people. We're going to cover it. Yep. So I want to get into this oil stuff. This is huge. Uh, so we have talked before, and we've got maps in the show notes yep. about the South Stream pipeline. Yep. It's a really, really big deal. It has everything to do with what's been going down in Ukraine. The South Stream pipeline was a way for Russia 
to get its oil into all kinds of markets, but primarily the EU, and completely bypass Ukraine, which has obviously become a very contentious area. And today, we have reports that major changes in this critically important pipeline to Russia have been announced by Putin, and it's caught everyone off guard. Now, Russia is scrapping its South Stream pipeline project. The announcement came after all-day talks between Russia and Turkey's presidents. They're scrapping this pipeline. Given we still haven't received permission from Bulgaria, we think Russia cannot continue with the South Stream project in such circumstances. The ambitious project was supposed to deliver Russia gas to Europe without going via Ukraine, but Bulgaria has been stalling progress, refusing to allow construction on its territory. Russia has already invested $5 billion in the project. Vladimir Putin said if the EU doesn't want it, Russia will redirect its energy priorities elsewhere. Igor Piskanov has more details. Well, frankly, the news about South Stream did come as a surprise to many. Uh, In fact, Russia and Turkey were pretty much ready to start building the pipeline. But according to President Putin, without the final green light from Bulgaria, there was simply no point in even starting. But uh, without the South Stream pipeline, this doesn't mean that uh, Russia and Turkey can't boost energy ties uh, using other infrastructure, already existing infrastructure, like the Blue Stream pipeline. Uh, In fact, Russia is planning to increase increase the supplies of gas to Turkey by around 3 billion cubic meters and the country is also getting a, a 6% discount starting from next year and according to Mr. Putin this figure could increase and also the two presidents discussed the possibility of building a whole new energy hub here in Turkey near its border with, with Greece not only to uh, to satisfy the growing demand for Russian energy here in Turkey, but to supply more uh, gas to other southern uh, European states. And this potentially could even mean the construction of a new second pipeline from Russia to Turkey. Plus, we shouldn't forget uh, energy cooperation-wise about the fact that Russia is currently building a nuclear power station here in Turkey and is training personnel. And uh, the two presidents said that this project isn't even only about the construction of the power station itself, it's actually about the creation of a whole new industry here in Turkey. So while the South Stream cancellation was a surprise, but it's not the end of the game here. And so Turkey is also in a good position, at least that is the view of political analyst Martin McCauley. In international relations, you separate politics from economics. Uh, and politics sometimes uh, trumps economics. But uh, So think about this, because Turkey is one of our partners in the coalition against ISIS. They're not allies, they say. Yes, Yes. and yet they're sort of buddying up with Putin, who is currently one of our enemies. Uh, And uh, just to keep it, it's a little dry, but this is super important. It's not just Russia we're fucking with here. Uh, We're going to fuck with a lot of the countries in the Middle East. It is easy to paint Middle East producers with the same brush, but not all energy players are created equally. We are quickly seeing the shaping of two lists, the haves and the have-nots of this region. The gold producers, Saudi Arabia, Kuwait, Qatar, and the UAE, are those with ample savings of $2.5 trillion to cushion the blow of lower revenues. All of our buddies. But the other Middle East producers of OPEC are struggling. Let's start with Algeria, long-serving president, Abdulaziz Bouteflika. 
So wow. what, what we are seeing here, you see that $132 yeah, number yeah, there? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That is what their governmental budget is based the they expect the price of a barrel of oil to be $132, right? So when they when we go below and we're like what, it's 60 right now? Yeah. When yeah. we go below 132, they're running in the red. Okay? Wow. It, it, that's just the beginning. Lika. He has a break-even price of $132 a barrel, according to Citigroup, and has boosted spending after terrorist attacks and post-Arab Spring protests. Hassan Rouhani of Iran, with a break-even price of $131, is putting forth a budget with $70 oil. So Iran, uh, $131, he's reworking his budget to be $70 a barrel. Government officials say they will run a deficit of 30%, if not higher, as a result. Look at all these people we're messing with. Iraq's new prime minister, Haider al-Abadi, is in the midst of redrafting his budget. He's pegged with the break-even price of $116 and is ordering a 50% pay cut for lawmakers. <laughs> Two of these countries are on the cusp of much bigger oil output if the geopolitical and security conditions allow. Iran, with 157 billion barrels of reserves, ranks number two in the Middle East behind Saudi Arabia. Iraq is close behind at 150 billion barrels. Iran's minister told me after the OPEC meeting they could ramp up production if sanctions are lifted after the extended P5 plus one talks. Oh. After two months of the lifting. This is the Iranian oil ministry. He says, yeah, look, if the sanctions are lifted, uh, we, could up, we could up our production. So these – now, I, of course, I say look who we're screwing with this because I fully believe that uh, we are closely involved with our, with our close partners to continue to – manufacture as much oil as they have been, despite the fact that there's way too much on the market right now. So there's way more inventory than there is demand. Yep, yep. And even though in a normal situation, then you would reduce your manufacturing so that way you could ramp up demand again. The They're, foot's on the pedal. Right. Exactly. Exactly. So all of this is all of this is fascinating. But yet, we look at Turkey. And Turkey uh, is buying a crap ton of oil from Russia. Uh, Turkey is becoming one of the number one uh, exporters one to, to Russia. There, it, Russia doesn't have a lot of importers, and they're importing a crap ton from Turkey, and they want to import more. So it's fascinating to see this spot that Turkey is in. They have energy alliances with Russia. They have export and import deals with Russia. But yet they're coming to the United States, and they're asking us – to create a buffer zone in Syria to protect them. Mm. So they're coming so it's like they're our allies but they're also buddied up with Russia. And this buffer zone they want us to create in Syria could eventually lead us to a full-on super escalation in Syria where there's some serious S going down. This clip kind of summarizes all of it. The Washington-led coalition's bombing campaign against Islamic State in Syria and Iraq could take years. That was the message from U.S. Secretary of State John Kerry, who hosted an anti-terror meeting of high-level officials. Could take years. Could take years of more than 60 countries at the NATO HQ in Brussels. And just recently, it's been revealed, too, that the Obama administration's considering opening a new front in the war against the violent oh, insurgency. Good. Peter Oliver's got that story. Okay. Go ahead, Peter. The plan that had been leaked by U.S. military officials. So there is, again, this is not being covered anywhere in Western media. There is a plan about creating a buffer zone that has been leaked by officials in apparently the Pentagon. Now, 
you might think somebody should be running off to to Russia, but yeah. no, no. Yeah. I guess when they mean when oh, they mean geez. it's it's fine. When they, it's fine, Chase. Don't worry about it. It's just All a right. leak. It's just a little leak. It's just right. it's just their plans. It's just a leak. Is to open up a second front against Islamic State. Now, what this would see would be uh, strikes by U.S. warplanes and armed drones taking off from a Turkish air base close to the border with Syria. Now, the plan is to drive Islamic State fighters eastwards along that border towards the embattled city of Kobani, creating what's called in the plan a buffer zone, which is something that Turkey has been pushing for. Now, watch closely. So you see this buffer zone here, Chase? This is the red. So the gray here is Turkey, right? Uh, And this buffer zone, if you watch, if you look at this, um, it's Turkey requesting a buffer zone, but the buffer zone itself, that Turkey wants to be the safe zone, is in Syrian territory. (laughs) Along its border with Syria. Well, the targeting for this mission for those airstrikes would be carried out on the ground by Turkish special forces, as well as members of the Free Syrian Army. Now, what this all gives us, though, is a problem because this buffer zone is on Syrian sovereign territory and the mission itself hasn't been coordinated with the Syrian government in Damascus. Now, those same Pentagon officials that have leaked this information have also said that there is potential for a, a slippery slope when it comes to fighting Islamic State, that should there be any confusion and an attack by the Syrian side on um, alliance forces, then they would be responded with in great force. So what he's saying is when they're creating this buffer zone, if someone from, say, the Assad regime were to fight back or maybe somebody that we mistakenly thought was representative of the Assad regime were to fight back, well, then they would be attacking a NATO ally. And we could, in fact, see um, a war between the NATO-backed allies and the Syrian army through the back door, all in the name of trying to, to fight against Islamic State and create this buffer zone. That's our Europe correspondent there. Let's discuss the US strategy in a bit more detail, what we know about it anyway, and talk to political commentator John White. I'll leave that in the overtime folder, but uh, John White comes in there and uh, kind of gives some more background on it. Uh, and so all of this is happening where we're getting ready to set the buffer zone while Hegel is on his way out. Elsewhere, President Obama has picked a new Pentagon chief. If confirmed by the Senate, Ashton Carter will replace Defense Secretary Chuck Hagel, who announced his resignation a week ago. Kiani Chikian reports now on who might head the U.S. military. What we know about Ashton Carter, he was the number two official at the Pentagon from October 2011 to December of last year. Look at this guy, Chase. Look at this guy. You know what he's holding there? Checks. Big fatty checks because he was like the top buy shit guy. He was the guy that could get shit bought. When you want an expensive thing to be bought, he was your boy. What do I always say? You always, and I think very astutely say, Chase. Yep, yep. Before that, he was the Pentagon's chief arms buyer. During those years, his focus was, as he himself described it, to expedite the process of buying weapons and equipment needed on the battlefield, both in Iraq and Afghanistan. It was under him that the Pentagon dramatically increased the production of mine-resistant ambush-protected vehicles for Iraq and especially Afghanistan. Then thousands of those AMRAPs were turned to scrap. Ashton Carter watched some of this and was quoted as saying, it was a very nostalgic moment for me. I sent Bob, meaning Robert Gates, his boss at the time, a picture and said, can't believe it. They're taking our babies apart. 
So he's known as someone who's very familiar with Pentagon bureaucracy. His job was such that he's well-connected in the military-industrial complex. Oh. But it is clear that it's been a challenge for the Obama administration to find someone from outside the Pentagon. The person who signs up for the job of defense secretary would have to defend the Obama administration's strategy in the war against ISIS. But very few understand that strategy, let alone defend it. Chuck Hagel, shortly before he was pushed out of office, wrote a memo to the president's national security team asking to clarify the strategy, especially when it comes to Syria and the Syrian president. Last month, Chuck Hagel was in Congress saying he did not believe President Assad's removal would change the ISIS dynamics very much. Well, shortly after those remarks, he was forced to resign. Oh, mm. yeah. So the new guy coming in, he's all about spending money. He's been uh, he's been a big supporter of big fatty Pentagon contracts, and uh, of course, you know he's a, he's a, he's he's part of the establishment. So it's just going to be more of the same. But what I worry about more is him coming in is going to it sort of guarantees a prolonging of this entire situation yeah yeah it's just gonna elongate it for a long period of time and it's like to what end yeah hey so uh your buddy your friend <laughs> my uh, good friend al baghdadi <laughs> al baghdadi uh he's having a problem with one of his wives we are closely watching what could be a remarkable development concerning the leader of the ISIS militant group. Now, a regional source close to the case has confirmed to CNN that a wife of Abu Bakr al-Baghdadi is now being held by the Lebanese military. At least two other news agencies say she was detained. All right, Chase, look at the map. There you go. So you see she's caught in Lebanon. Yeah. And you see where Lebanon's proximity is to Syria, right? Yeah, it's right next door. And if you listen carefully, she says one of al-Baghdadi's wives. At least two other news agencies say she was detained after trying to cross the Syrian border into Lebanon several days ago and that she was traveling with one of his children. Now, other details scarce at this point, including what her intentions were. What's more... Very little is known about al-Baghdadi's family, including how many wives and children he might have. But let's get some context on how significant this development might be. In- oh, it's not very significant oh. at all. Uh, it's not. No, in fact, chat room is chat room is asking. I thought he had died. Remember, uh, remember when we covered that chase? Yeah, we covered that. I believe it was last week where his we thought his convoy, but he was able to sneak out a tweet, um, <laughs> and uh, we were able to confirm and not confirm. You know? Oh uh, yeah, yeah. Um, what? 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 I, you know what? I'm I'm looking at the uh, the notes here, and I'm not mm-hmm. I'm not seeing anything about this. I, I noticed, by the way, you have the red book. Yeah, opened. I do because well, I'm not ready yet, but I do oh, have. It's you, the next oh, you, clip. Oh, you do have. Okay, it's the next right, clip. very good. Uh, then I won't. Uh, then I won't. You uh, won't spoil it. I won't spoil it. Yeah, a little okay. red book prediction came true, and uh, I'm going to take my victory lap with this clip. Welcome back to the lead. I'm Jake Tapper in something new that we're calling the Tech Lead, an innovative oh. new idea that might be a breakthrough in the global fight against Ebola. Doctors are desperate for new ways to identify the disease in its early stages that could help save thousands of lives as Ebola continues to ravage West Africa. Now, here in the U.S., a new plan is in place. Should there be another outbreak of Ebola? Should right- there be another outbreak? Okay. Right now, President Obama is at... So here's President Obama. Now, tell me this isn't President Obama taking a little bit of a victory lap. Come on. Okay, come on. Man. Watch this. Tell right, me this right. isn't him taking a victory right, lap. Hold on. National Institutes of Health, where he is about to announce that... Look at that face. Look at that face. Look at that face. Look okay. at that Obama yeah, all right, face. All right, all right, he's all right. clapping. Okay. He's clapping. He's about to make an announcement. Obama is at the National Institutes of Health, where he is about to announce that 36 hospitals across the country are now designated to deal with infected patients. Quite an upgrade from the four that were oh. specially equipped before the outbreak. But what if medical professionals could use a blood test to detect Ebola in the early stages before 
patients got so sick. So we have a new gadget now, and I got some info about the gadget. Uh, and so I'm going to call it. Uh, so let me see. What, what was the episode number right there, Chase? Episode 118. 118. 118 I'm say, of the Unfiltered Show. No, no well, wait a minute. I call it right now. But wait Nobody's a minute. Nobody's talking about Ebola anymore. It's yeah, not but, in any of the news. But, but hold on. Hold the phone, Chris. I'll call it, Chase. You said. Uh-huh. That it would be wrapped up mm-hmm. by Turkey Day. I agree. With this being in the news post haste, right after, well, I will take the victory no. lap because what did I say? You said uh, Chase says no, but here's the thing: this Chase. is this is proof that it's not wrapped. This is their vic- this is their follow up. There, this has okay. literally been the only story in the news. What's the date, Chris? Only story in What's the news. What's the date? This is the victory lap. What's this the is date? The, this is Chris. Putting, uh, this is closing Chris? it off. Chris, what's the date? Chase, this is them. This is them capping think, off the coverage. I think it's on the screen right there. You can read it. Can you read no, that to I, me? I'm telling you, Chris. Read the date. This is read the date. <laughs> well, today is December third. And now, uh, wait, this wait. clip is not from December third. <laughs> this clip is not from December third. <laughs> when was the clip from, Chris? A few days ago. This is one them, day specifically. This is Jake Tapper tapping off. He's. Jake Tapper and off the coverage of Ebola. They, you know, that you what we have day? not played an Ebola clip on this show for weeks because Ebola has it is no longer Chris, a story. As soon as the elections were over, Chase, nobody's talking about Ebola. I was, I, I think I got it. I what is the date of the clip, I Chris? Was, I don't know. It was like last week. I don't know what it was. I, I'm seeing December second. That's on when your I. Screen. That's when I clipped it, Chase. That's when I clipped it. As they say, well, let the chat room decide. All right. I, I think I'm taking the victory lap because really? I said I, I said I said it would it would not be wrapped up by Turkey Day. Oh, and hold on now. See, I specifically got this clip because this was the only mention of Ebola since Turkey Day. But but that means it wasn't wrapped by Turkey Day. But that but, was the conclusion of the coverage. That was them. They're saying it's all done. Here's Obama taking his victory yeah, but, lap. But I just heard today. I just saw today that we're bringing an Ebola patient into the U.S. I just read that story on all na- right. national sites. Chat room. What say you? Has the Ebola coverage faded from the mainstream press? Was Chris right? Is Ebola no longer being covered? All right. Let me. I believe I was right. Chris. Chris. Can you show my screen, please? <laughs> can you do this? Can you do this? All right. I didn't do anything. All I did was I went to news.google.com. Uh-huh. Now, on the left-hand side there, uh-huh. you will see something that says top stories. These are top big uh-huh. stories. I see it. Okay. Uh, you got Sony, which we talked about on the show. Uh, George Osborne, Bill oh, Cosby. Cos- I hate- but do you see? Do you see? Look uh, at that chat room agreeing with me. Look at that chat room agreeing with me. No. Oh. <laughs> look at this. Look at this. Come back. Look at this. Top story. Oh. Boston patient test is negative. This is still in the news cycle. Yep. This is still Nobody live. cares. This is st- Nobody cares anymore. That's Nobody's not what talking you said, about that's not, that's, it. Nobody's talking is, about this it. This is proof that it's so not. So you're saying I have to be so specific in my Red Book prediction that I must declare that some people will still be talking about it? That's not how the news cycle works. It ramps up and then it ramps down. You and know we what? are so far on the down All ramp. Right, let me... Let me, let me let me snap it into one tidy package here. All right, okay. Do you remember when okay. um, President Bush, yeah. uh, the, the the last one, who uh, George? No, uh, he was he was standing on an aircraft carrier. Yeah, and he had a big banner behind him. Do you remember what that banner said? Mission accomplished. As and, I do. And, and then what happened shortly thereafter? <laughs> Can, can you explain that to me, Chris? You know what I'm saying, Chase? I'm saying... I like how you just skirt that question. You're skirting Because they're not comparable. This was about the news cycle. <laughs> this was about the news cycle. And we can go back in the archive. You can play the clip. I was talking about the news cycle. I'm just saying you're declaring mission as accomplished. I, I do. I I believe we have now... I believe this is... Obvi- Ebola scare was obviously a way to get people in and get them voting. It was... 
ramped way up. Ebola is obviously still a problem, so there's going to be some coverage of it. That's just how it works. But it was clearly meant to scare the American people into going to the voting booths. When I, when I still hear it on the radio going into work, when I still read about it on my headlines, on, wet, on, on the normal news website cycles, <sighs> I consider it still in the cycle. But, see, here's the thing. You're going to have stragglers because that's the way the cycle works. Cycle it ramps up. It's like a, it's like a, I'm, I see, I'm doing like a curve, Chase. It starts low. It goes up, 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 and then it comes down. And as it comes down, you're still going to have people reporting about it. That's how it works. All right. Fair enough. Well, all right. <laughs> we'll, agree, we'll agree to disagree. Fox News alert. That's all we have there. Fox <laughs> News alert. Uh, all right, so great. I got uh, I got a couple of clips more to play before we get out of here, but I think the South Stream pipeline being shut down is a really big deal. That's huge. Yeah. Now Russia's not out. They're going to uh, they're going to build another pipeline. They're going to sell oil to Turkey. I mean, they're in a good position. Plus, even as EU contracts sort of spin down, there's going to be a lot of other nations that will step up and buy oil from Russia. Putin's playing a thirty year game here. I mean, mm-hmm. I'm, yeah, I'm serious totally. about that. He's yeah, well, literally yeah. playing a thirty year. Well, he's playing game. the long game. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So the fact that yeah, I mean. Sanctions are definitely hurting them. Uh, you know, their economy doesn't look like it's going to be in great shape for the next year. And uh, lowering the price of oil hurts. But you can see all of the other governments that are also being hurt by it. Not as much of a headline from those governments. And you have to wonder how long we can continue up. How long will OPEC work with us? All of it's just something we're going to have to watch and see. Oh, totally. Do you have any yeah, red book productions, Mr. Chase? Uh, about Bola or about the pipeline? No, I'm just kidding. The pipeline. I'm kidding. I'm <laughs> kidding. <laughs> Apparently, we're not doing a Bola anymore. We got to be more specific in that red book. More specific. I I feel like I, I, I feel like th- it's a difference if you're talking about news cycle versus any headlines at I, all. I think because you could just point to some blogger and say there's. I, I don't know if it. this is sufficient for a red book right, prediction, right, but right, I, I, I think with the pipeline, yeah. Because of right now the current economic conditions for Russia, they can't they can't pull the trigger on it right now. They just mm-hmm. can't fiscally do it, but. At some point, those prices will come right. back, and then they can resume the pipeline and then, project, and they will go right. So back your to red it. book prediction is give it some time, and and then that South Stream pipeline comes back. It, it will come. I the, think that's a the really pipeline solid will come back. Yeah. All right. All right. There's no way. It's all right. Gone. You got. You know what? You you got to write that down. That's super yeah. solid. I yeah. think here you I, do that. Well, right. player yeah, next. Give me that pen. Uh, that yeah. So the South Stream pipeline is it's on hold, but it's not gone forever. Right. We don't know. Wh- we don't know when. It's it's impossible to know when because that's all going to depend on oil prices and and tons of other variables. But I think I agree with you. South Stream is not dead. It's put on hold. Putin has shocked a bunch of people, got everybody's attention, and we made a good deal with Turkey. Yeah. So uh, let's get into our high note, and then we'll get out of here for the evening. Okay. All right. Sounds fair. So we talked a lot last week about Ferguson and uh, the shooting of Michael Brown. Yes. Kind of did our conclusion of coverage on that. Since then, there's been a new narrative developing, a scary narrative, one that makes you think of reefer madness. And that is the question, did Michael Brown's pot use cause his confrontation with law enforcement. Fantastic. Wow. At this Los Angeles medical marijuana clinic, it's not just the potential healing properties of marijuana that are being defended. My personal experience, um, I've never felt a negative bone <laughs> come out of me when I was Hey-o. medicated. Mike, this clinic's so-called bud tender, is addressing what he says many experience while on the drug. Marijuana's role in behavior was a significant question in the confrontation with Ferguson police officer Darren Wilson. The medical examiner's toxicology report detected 12 nanograms per milliliter of Delta-9 THC in... 
Well, totally th- doesn't matter. Uh, all right, first off, why would I care about Delta Nine nanogram stuff? Is she's gonna? I assume she'll she's gonna tell me what that means. She's right? making it sound scientific because there's no way to know how much that particular amount of THC would affect a particular person. It affects every particular person differently, depending on all of their not only physical conditions but their familiarity well, with THC but, itself. But that being said, Chris, they set a national level of 0.08 for, for alcohol, no matter if you're skinny and 110 pounds or you're 450, right? Yeah. So it's kind alcohol, of the same thing. Alcohol, no, it's not. It's, no? They're, they're, not, they're not the same thing. I'm sorry. I'm just being a little devil's advocate. <laughs> I'm just saying they're, alcohol and THC are not the same thing. You can't, there's no. No, no, I'm, talking, like I'm talking about a baseline measure. No, I know what you mean. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I know. I, I realize they've done that. I don't necessarily agree with it, though. Okay. Yeah, I, and, 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 you know, I'm being just evil. calling out the stats here, it means nothing. Like, it absolutely, it, right. it literally well, and, and means and nothing. And that's what I'm also trying to play into here, yeah. is she's, she's trying to bring up all these things and technical uh, jargon. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. It doesn't right. matter. She's just trying to get you with the jargon. Right. ...per milliliter of Delta-9 THC in Brown's blood. Delta-9 THC is the active ingredient in marijuana that causes a psychological effect. At this obviously pro-pot clinic, oh, Mike claims... God. There's very little obviously. that the body is re- reacting from with having 12 nanograms of THC in the body. But the numbers don't tell the story here. No, it's not that simple. It is, in fact, very difficult to interpret uh, toxicology reports and infer uh, behavior from them. As the grand jury learned, much of marijuana's effects on behavior is not standardized or able to be measured. In the grand jury transcripts, the word marijuana comes up more than 300 times as prosecutors considered whether Brown's marijuana use influenced the confrontation. Expert witnesses testified there's no way to know how marijuana would have affected Brown just based on the toxicology report. You know, and they're just just they're just raising the question. They're just raising. Hey, hey, they're just raising the question on national television in front of millions of uneducated listeners and viewers. They're just raising the question. His weight, his history of usage all come into play. Dr. Malik Burnett, whose organization supports decriminalizing marijuana, says there's a reason why. Scientists are unable to uh, conduct robust studies and research uh, around this. Um, and, you know, as we're seeing uh, marijuana uh, policy reform occur across the United States, uh, there will be certainly more opportunities uh, for scientists to conduct research. And uh, ultimately, we will be able to coalesce on a value that will uh, determine impairment and intoxication. No, I don't think we will, actually. Mm, yeah. I disagree with that, but that's a fine statement. So uh, we have a lot extra in the high note section of the show notes. Uh, so go through there. In fact, maybe... Oh, they also, did you see this post in here about uh, NATO jets ready before the Ukraine, cri- Ukraine crisis and after? That's a good infograph kind of thing in the show notes. Yeah. Well, and then makes logical sense, too. You know, they're building up after, you know, especially with the yeah. flight disaster and all the mm-hmm. other stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, so uh, in in Los Angeles, uh, this is kind of interesting. Officials say the Los Angeles City Attorney's Office has filed 200 criminal case, cases against 743 different dispensaries, uh, and they're now trying to shut down a delivery app. The app itself doesn't actually sell any marijuana, it just connects users to places that deliver, but they want to shut it down. However, a little bit of positive news. Uh, so remember last week we covered Green Friday? The uh, Black Friday. Yep, yep, and how they couldn't really market it. They yeah. just it was all word of mouth kind of a thing. Well, uh, one of the uh, one of the cannabis dispensaries, uh, Cannabis and Glass in Spokane, Washington, our local neck of the woods, said they had their biggest day of the year. They said they offered a free pipe. That's great. 
uh, similar to the one that Gandalf smokes in Lord of the Rings, which is awesome. And, uh, and, and of course, in Washington State, uh, cannabis businesses are not allowed to advertise within a thousand feet anywhere where children tend to uh, you know, get together, like right. schools, daycares, or parks, or even arcades. So instead of traditional advertising like newspapers, billboards, and TV ads, many cannabis business owners had to find ways to promote their sales using social media. Happy Crop Shop in East Wenatchee, Washington, said they took 25% off their glassware and 30, 30% off like Christmas packs that they could put together and wow. promote it on their Facebook page. They said they had 30% uh, increased sales than a normal day. So overall, it seems like the Green Friday thing actually worked for a lot of cannabis shops. So I got a question for you about another story as well, uh, also coming from the state of Washington here, uh, Washington State University out there in Pullman. They're working on a handheld breathalyzer yeah. that officers and law enforcement officials would be able to use. Uh, now, here in, in the state of Washington, they basically put in the law that you're not allowed to get behind the you know, wheel of a, wheel, motor, yeah. of a motor vehicle if you have more than five nanograms of THC per millimeter of blood. Right. Uh, now, they have no estimated date on this yet. No. They're still working and, on it. And also, but what do you think about this kind of a device? I'll tell you. So I like it and I dislike it. So I like the idea of being able to see if somebody's impaired. Uh, that, a device that could test that seems like a worthwhile uh, effort to me. Right. Uh, the thing I do not like about this is that apparently right now, from what I was reading just detects if there's any THC. So, like, you could be, like, a day or two later after smoking, and this thing could potentially still register as positive. So... That sounds like an excuse to haul you down to uh, downtown. Right, right. And Well, if if the, the na- five nanograms, I mean, is that a lot or not a lot? Well, I, I don't even again, know. See, it doesn't even come back to tell you the nanogram count. It just says positive. Oh, it doesn't give a number? No. Not, not like a breathalyzer From test? what I was reading, it's just there's been there's THC of some quantity in the blood. See? Not even a nanogram count. See, there, there needs to be – and this is part of the problem with the whole uh, – you know, we have it legal here, but we can't do like you know big studies on this. Right. Uh, we need to know. We need to come up with a surefire way of saying, all right, this is the line, like alcohol. This is the line. And I know you, know, I know you say it, it's not the same thing, but there still needs to be something. There needs to be a standard, not just for, for driving a motor vehicle, but for employment, for, for drug screens, so for things of that nature. Does there? Well, I mean, I guess. Do we have to control everything? Do we have to quantify and scientifically measure everything? No, but. Or is it, is it, can we just not leave it up to somebody's best judgment and an officer's best judgment and call it that? Yeah, that's true. I mean, honestly, could it not just be a law enforcement officer's best judgment and a citizen's best judgment? Because, like, you know, if somebody were to give you and I a joint, you know, it's very possible that if we both smoke that joint, one of us would be okay to. Operate a vehicle, and one of us would not. Or one of neither, us be on the floor crying. Yeah, or ne- maybe neither of us in would the be, fetal position. Right, both of us might be on the floor. We don't know, but right. it could. Like, so how can you ever, ever develop a test that can measure something of that of level difference between people? You know, going so off at of, some point, it just has to come down to personal responsibility. Going off of what you know, Icon said in the in the chat room. I mean, we've we've seen examples of officers practicing terrible judgment. Yeah, I know. And, you know, looking at what what's happened in New York, you know, what obviously happened in Ferguson, uh, there's, there's a lot of situations where, you know, and even here in locally, Seattle metro area, you know, where officers' judgment comes into play. Sometimes I like th- something where it takes that judgment out of their yeah, hands, yeah, yeah. where, you know what, 
you know what? Yeah, I'm over the line. I'm over the limit. Whatever. Yeah, yeah. You know, that, those those kind of situations. Or I'm under. Yeah. Well, I'd like to hear. Maybe somebody in the audience has an idea. Yeah. Go to unfiltered.red.com. Well, well the funny know. thing is, you know, talk about the inverse of mm-hmm. that. Like, let's say, you know, you, you had some shots or whatever. Uh, you get pulled over, but you're under the limit. They could still arrest you for dr- being impaired. You know, th- there mm-hmm. doesn't have to be a mm-hmm. number either. So, so it's one of those things that I think going back to your original point where – they just want to see that positive light, so they have an excuse to take you downtown. But gosh, it's just marijuana. <laughs> you know, and, I would hope that they wouldn't take you down for that. And there is some positive news. Uh, so we've covered it a little bit in the show, but NPR went and uh, actually went down to the grow fields of Mexico, and they found out how legal cannabis in the United States is affecting the Mexican drug cartel. And uh, it's a long report, but I managed to clip it down to a couple of minutes. The full seven or eight minute report is linked in the show notes. More than half of states now allow pot for fun or medical purposes. One argument made by the pro-legalization camp is that buying domestic marijuana undercuts Mexican cartel marijuana. And increasingly, that appears to be the case. NPR's John Burnett traveled to the Golden Triangle, Mexico's marijuana heartland, and reports that U.S. grown marijuana is hurting traditional growers. The slumping economics of Mexican marijuana was not unexpected. Two years ago, the Mexican Institute of Competitiveness, in a study entitled If Our Neighbors Legalize, predicted the drug cartels would see their cannabis profits plummet 22 to 30 percent if the United States continued to decriminalize marijuana. Remember, at one time, virtually all the weed smoked in the states, from Acapulco Gold to Colombian Red, came from south of the border. Not anymore. Lieutenant David Soka works in the narcotics section of the Austin Police Department in a town that enjoys a good buzz. We're still seeing marijuana, but it's almost all the homegrown stuff here from the States, you know, from Canada, all that stuff. It's just not the compressed marijuana from Mexico that we see. My name is Daniel Vinkovetsky, and I'm the senior cultivation editor of High Times Magazine. American pot smokers prefer American domestically grown marijuana to Mexican grown marijuana. We've seen a ton of evidence of this in the last uh, decade or so. U.S. grown marijuana, some of it cultivated in high-tech greenhouses, is three or four times more expensive than Mexican marijuana. Vinkovetsky says prices for Mexican weed continue to slide because it's so much weaker. He says American cannabis typically has 10 to 20 percent THC, the ingredient that makes a person high, whereas the THC content of so-called Mexican brickweed is typically 3 to 8 percent. Mexican marijuana is considered to be of poor quality, generally because it's grown in bulk outdoors. It's typically dried, but not really cured, which is something we do here in the U.S. uh, with connoisseur-quality cannabis. And it's also bricked up, meaning that it's compressed for uh, sale and packaging and in order to get it over the border efficiently. In order to service the U.S. market, police agencies report that some Mexican crime groups grow marijuana in public lands in the West. Back in the hills above Culiacan, Nabor is asked, if prices for marijuana keep declining, what will he do? My dream is to get a good job, a regular job, he answers, where I don't have to do such dangerous work, a job that pays me a living wage. When the interview is over and my recorder is turned off and we're about to drive back to the highway, Nabor quietly says he thinks he's done with marijuana. He's considering planting opium poppies because that's where the market is going. <laughs> John Burnett, NPR News. Oh, 
yeah, Chase. So there you go, ladies and gentlemen. Lots of more stuff in the show notes and even more stuff in the overtime folder exclusive yes. to our unfiltered supporters. Look, if you'd like to contribute to the show, give us some stories, your insights, just vote stories up and down that you'd like to see reflected in the content of Unfilter, then we've got one place for you to go. And that is unfiltered.reddit.com. Or I'll, sh- <laughs> I'll say I'll say it normally. Unfiltered.reddit.com. Unfiltered.reddit.com. 1,646 people of you. Uh, pe- people of you. There's just a lot of you that's a part of the subreddit. And oh! it's growing all the time. And we love it. So please make sure you get involved with the conversation. Get involved. At unfiltered.reddit.com. Also, don't forget, the Unfiltered Show is live. Live! We do the show starting about 6 p.m. our time on a Wednesday over at Pacific time. JupiterBroadcasting.com slash calendar. If you are following me on Twitter over at Twitter.com slash Chris L A S. You're looking good there. Thank you. looking good there. Thank you. Nice mountains. And see see me there tweeting about Unfiltered? Yeah, yeah. I was probably en route. Did you tweet? Uh, I did you tweet. Were in route when I and tweeted. Do you want to see my Twitter? Yeah, what is it? It's Chase? at Nunes, N U N E S. Look at that. And look, there's my tweet about being on this show with you. And there wow. and there you are on my Twitter page. What what is that about? It's like if I followed our Twitter accounts, not only would I find out additional links throughout the week that we find are interesting in the comments, but also show announcements like when we go live and yeah, stuff. Yeah, yeah. If I was stuff. like got all done with Unfiltered and I was like, oh man, I just don't have enough chase in my face, <laughs> would I go somewhere in particular to get more chase in my you face? You could go right here to geekgamer.tv. We just had an incredible Survivor Game special and we got more great stuff coming down the road. Hey, Jay, uh, J-Law on the show, huh? That's nice, Chase. Yes. I like that. Yeah. <laughs> all right, everybody. <laughs> Well, thanks so much for tuning this week's episode of Unfilter. Thank you to yes, our patrons for keeping so us much. on the air. Patreon.com slash unfilter. Patreon.com slash unfilter if you'd like to support our show. Okay, and, everybody. And don't forget to register URL, you, those oh, URLs. Yeah. Point them at our show page. And let us know. Let us know that you register them so we can add them to a big master Toad. list. Link it up in the uh, subreddit, too. Yes. Yeah. Yes. All right, everybody. Thank you so much for tuning this week's episode of Unfilter. We'll see you right back here next week. week. All right, Chase. We got to pick a title, and then we're gonna get out of here. I'm gonna go home. It's frozen outside. Hey, Chris, you remember this site? Oh, chasing your uh, wait. chasing your face. TK. <laughs> I don't even know where this picture is still from. Uh, you look so happy. Uh, <laughs> All right, everybody. JamieTitles.com. JamieTitles.com. We got a boat and get out of here. I like how it's coming up from the bottom. Ah. <laughs> uh. Oh, it's so good. Oh, man. Putin's pipe dream is great. Oh, yeah. That's, that is. That's really good. That is like three peas. Yeah. Or two peas. Friday gas sales, pretty good. Two Black Friday gas sales, not bad. Charum, you're on it today. You're oh, it. yeah. All right, Chase, jbtitles.com. I have one bonus clip I wanted to play in the show, but it just didn't fit. And I feel like uh, I should play it now while the chat room goes to jbtitles.com and boats. So how about a little tip for tat? You guys go boat, and I'll play this extra clip that's going to get Chase all kinds of upset. Are you ready for this, Chase? Okay. Get ready for... You want to do a little show me the money, Chase? Show me the money. Show me the money. Show me the money. This is showing you the money right here. President Obama, like a soap star, 
well, soap opera producer, to represent the country at the U.S. Embassy in Hungary. Okay, well, this is a job that would take her from daytime drama to real-life international diplomacy. Are you listening to what this man just said? From daytime drama to international diplomacy. And as ABC's Jonathan Call reports, critics are questioning this nomination. This morning, the producer of this soap opera is on her way to Hungary as the U.S. ambassador. That's right. The producer of The Bold and the Beautiful, the daytime soap opera. What? Her name is Colleen Bell, a big dollar donor to President Obama's re-election campaign and the Democratic Party, helping pull in more than $2 million in campaign cash. But at her January confirmation hearing, she didn't seem to know much about Hungary. Now, uh, you're going to love this part of the clip. Listen to this. What are our strategic interests in Hungary? Well, we have a, a, a strategic interest in terms of what are our, our key priorities. Ambassador Bell has the president's confidence that she will do uh, an excellent job of representing the United States. But where does the president get that confidence? I mean, in her confirmation hearing, she couldn't even name a single uh, strategic interest the United States had with Hungary. Well, she certainly is somebody, again, that, that, that is, uh, has had a, her own uh, distinguished private sector career. As a soap opera <laughs> producer, right? Well, and as somebody who obviously has uh, succeeded in, um, you know, in the business world. Uh, uh, and it's not just Colleen Bell. Since he was re-elected, President Obama has nominated big-dollar donors as ambassadors to two dozen countries, including France, Germany, Iceland, and New Zealand. They each raised more than $500,000 for his campaign. Oh. Noah Mamet was just confirmed Tuesday as ambassador to Argentina. Mr. Mamet, have you been to Argentina? Senator, I haven't had the opportunity yet to be there. Now he'll get the chance. Jonathan Carl, ABC News, the he got White the House. job. Now, you're like, okay, that's bad enough. But uh, could we uh, could we make it a little worse by the news anchors digging themselves into a hole? Why, yes, we can. Yeah. <laughs> I'm really surprised. I mean, this is how it works. There are lots of people who are known as bundlers who yes. rake in a lot of money, donations for presidents, and they get these plum, plum ambassadorships. Our current U.S. ambassador to the U.K., Matthew Barzun, is was a big-time fundraiser. He was in Sweden before that, and it's part of the deal, I think. This is not uncommon, it's not. but it's very uncomfortable <laughs> when you see some of these in, at these hearings, and oh my god, it's just, it's cringe-inducing. Yeah, we're not asking him to go to Egypt, or Afghanistan, or Iran. You're right. no ambassador in Iran. It's but, fine. You know, it's fine. You're ambassador to Jamaica. We're good. <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right. You know it the producer <laughs> right now is yelling in their ear, Transition! Get the hell out! <laughs> yeah, it's so uncomfortable to see that. And that guy's doing the awkward sip of the mug. To- but by the way, this is ABC News Now, which airs between 1 a.m. and I think 4 a.m. Pacific time. So really, no one's watching. No, no, nobody's watching. Except for us! All right, so let's go see. Yeah, we're watching. We're always watching. Yes. Let's go see what we got for titles. JBTitles.com. 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 All right, so I'm gonna. Uh, I, I'm, I'm liking Putin's pipe. Uh, Putin, Putin's pipe dream. That's a good one. Oh, that's at the top now. A gas of Christmas past. <laughs> All right, I think we're gonna go with Putin's pipe dream by WWNSX. That's really good. That's that's pretty solid. I gotta say, I'm pretty impressed by that. Are you? Do you are you any objections before we go with that one? No, I think that was brilliant. As, you- as, as time as I first time I heard it. All right, all right. Then we're going to go with that. So, WW, you have, for the chat room, unlocked 
the clip of the day. Laughing, this is what I'll say. Oh, yes. That's so fun. It is good. It's good times. It's good times. Thank you, WW, for a great title today. Thank you, everybody. For coming and showing up for Unfiltered. Thank you very, very wait, much to wait, our supporters. There, there, there's a new website you should know about, Chris. What is it, Chase? It's unfilter.support. Really? Yeah, and it goes right to the Patreon page. Nice! <laughs> that was some fast work, Jairo. Wow, and you know what? That's some fast DNS propagation if I ever did see that. <laughs> no kidding. No kidding. Very nice. Woo! All right, everybody, let us know which ones you come up with. Although the show page is what we need for the SEO, but I love that one going to the Patreon. That's uh, awesome. That's awesome. Unfiltered.media as well. Thanks so much. We got at 347. We get one more person. What? We can get over 2799. What? All right, everybody. See you back here next week. We love you, supporters. Love you guys. Take care. See ya.